Train, eat, repeat. The knowledge and know-how you need to live well. Here's your host, Tyler Ferrand. Hello, everyone, and welcome back again to the Train, Eat, Repeat podcast. Hope you're all having a great week and a great month as we're starting to near the end of summer. It's hard to believe. In the last few days here, it felt like fall. So um, definitely a changing of the times, and hopefully that means you're working closer and closer to your goals. If you haven't already, please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, either on Spotify or on the iTunes app. Also know that eventually coming down the line, they will have my podcast available on Audible as well through Amazon. So that's something to look out for too. And I'll definitely let you guys know when that is available. So what are we focusing on today? And one topic that continuously comes up and something that I truly believe is the cornerstone of being able to see success in your goals and also the one thing that holds people back from seeing their true potential. And all comes down to one thing habits. And habits is really what shapes what we do on a day in and day out basis, whether they be good or bad, or it's just what we know, right? It's just what we've been doing. So I looked up the definition of habits. What does it mean? It's a settled or regular tendency or practice. And I like the definition in the sense that it's settled, right? We're we're settled in our own ways when we continuously do something over and over and over again. Again, whether that means it's a bad thing. And when I say it's a bad thing, you might not even be cognizant that it's something that's holding you back from, from reaching your goals. But it's something that we have supplanted and almost made a behavior, really, that is something that's just what we do on a day in, day out basis. And to me, habits, like I said, are what we continually do. And habits to me are shaped by a few principles or a few things. Number one, they're shaped by your environment. So your environment can mean a lot of things, where you live, the people you surround yourself with, where you exercise, where you make food. Your environment will drastically make an impact in your ability to change the habits that maybe you're looking to change, but then ultimately influence the habits that are already supplanted. So like a couple examples, so where you live. If you live in an area where more and more people are physically active, which we know, at least in, in the state where I live in Michigan, we're typically towards the bottom of all 50 states in terms of being physically active. And obviously, there are certain factors that play into those studies. But somewhere like Colorado, California, where people are more active, they're getting outside, they have a focus on their exercise. Well, if you live in one of those areas, you would almost think that your habits would be shaped by that environment, that you would have more of an opportunity to go out and do those things. Your habits are also shaped environment-wise by the people you surround yourself with. And I've talked about this numerous times on this podcast about your sphere of influence or your 2 a.m. friends and who you surround yourself with will ultimately shape the habits that you continually do. So if you surround yourself with people that are encouraging, people that are more physically active, people that eat a healthier diet, more than likely you are going to adopt the same habits that those people do, regardless of any other outside influences that you might have going on in your world. The other piece is where you exercise, where you make food. Is it an inviting space? Is it a space where you don't feel intimidated? You know, one of the things I continually hear from clients is they like an intimidation-free space, a space where they don't feel like they're being stared at, where maybe their imperfections are showing, a place where they can sort of find their own space and find balance there and be able to put in the hard work without feeling like they have a million eyes on them. 
in terms of your food space? Do you have those sort of triggers? And we'll get to that in a second. That's how habits get formed, really. And do you have these trigger foods laying out on your counter? And just within eyesight, that alone is going to be something that uh, would hold you back from being able to create a new habit and allow that bad habit to continue. So think about your environment when you're trying to assess how your habits are and maybe some things that we can do, which we'll get to later in terms of how to create better habits, but your environment is a big influencer on your habits. The second one is your history or your past. So obviously we know that our subconscious from ages zero to seven is greatly influenced. That's where our brain has the most, is, is mostly influenced, the most it'll ever will be in our life. And that's because of our brain waves and where they are during that stage in our life. And so you may not even know it, but habits are gonna be shaped by, again, your sphere of influence. So things that your parents did, things that maybe you picked up along the way. And it's going to be influenced by what you have experienced in the past as well. So, you know, I always think in terms of you can only, you can't change the past, but you definitely learn from it. And you definitely have habits that stick based off of your history. And so a lot of times I'll ask people to sort of look back and ask themselves or look at their family history and ask, why do you think you feel this way? Or why do you think that you have this emotion when we talk about this topic in general? And a lot of times I find that they've created habits based off of their family history or based off of an experience that they had in their past. And the third one is kind of unique. It's, it's your knowledge and your beliefs, and which obviously are shaped by your environment and shaped by your past, but knowledge more so in the sense that you have educated yourself to believe a certain fact, to believe that something was fact or to believe that something is superior versus the other. You know, so if we're talking like, just for an example, that maybe you, your sphere of influence and the education that you've done has always told you that uh, vegan lifestyle is the way to go. And you've done tons of research on it and, and you've, you've studied it. Or maybe you've uh, been under the understanding that everything in moderation and that fast food is actually okay. We just can't do it that often. So whatever your, your knowledge base is, I would encourage you that knowledge can also be a benefit when you're looking to change your habits or to explore different ideologies and, and different ideas because while it, you may not adopt them and it might not be something that is super interesting for you or you don't feel like it will work for you, it allows your brain to see the another side of the story and to see how maybe you can implement some of those things into your own life to shape the habits that you have. So those to me are the top three things that sort of shape or can or help us get to where our habits are. And those were your environment, so the people you, you surround yourself with, where you live, where you exercise, where you eat, your history or your past, so your subconscious, and, and the things that were supplanted there, and then your knowledge or your self-beliefs and what you believe in. And by the way, that's not me to say that what you believe in is good or bad. It's just letting you know that your behaviors and your habits, or more so your habits, are shaped by your knowledge and your beliefs and maybe the lack thereof or maybe even knowing too much. So what is exactly the cycle of a habit? 
So in the psychology world, they have a, a cycle, if you will. And if you want to envision it with me, because I know you guys can't see it, think of it like a recycle sign going in a uh, clockwise formation. So at the very top, the cycle of a habit starts with your cue which is your impulse or your, or your trigger. Something triggers that habit. So let's give an example um, that a lot of people can, can relate to right now is stress. And stress from work, stress from COVID, stress from social injustice, stress from just daily life in general. But let's say you, you're very stressed and something triggers that. Maybe you read an article. Maybe you had a really tough conversation with somebody at work. Maybe your kids were driving you insane. So then what happens is that the routine happens, and that's the habit piece. So that's the behavior or the habit that you continually do. So let's say you get stressed, and your routine, for an example, would be that you drink two glasses of wine. So as soon as that trigger hits, I come home, I have two glasses of wine. Or you eat a highly palatable, high-calorie meal. You're like, you know what's going to make me feel better is I'm going to I'm gonna go eat uh, whatever I want. That large pizza sounds great. I'm going to go binge on some burgers and fries and a couple of beers, and everything will feel okay, and that's the reward. That's the last part of the cycle. So that's where you get that dopamine rush. You feel relaxed. And you immediately what your brain does is it associates the fact that you will feel more relaxed when you get triggered and if you do this certain behavior. And so you can see how this cycle can be a good thing if we're working on a good habit. It also, unfortunately, can be a very damaging thing because we're conditioning our brain to to constantly seek that reward out when we get triggered. And if you're like most people, your triggers don't really change. Your triggers end up being more of the same, especially when we're talking about stress. And so that's the cycle of a habit. So the cue... Then the routine is the habit, and then ultimately there has to be a reward. So the idea here, if we wanted to change our habits, most people would focus on the habit itself. But what I would focus on, and what I feel would be more important in things I've done in my coaching career, is to target the cue. So we want to identify what is causing you to do that routine. We want to identify what that trigger is. Because if we can identify the trigger, then we can take that pause moment. So in between your your cue and your routine, so you get triggered, you come home, you're stressed out from work, pause for a minute and ask yourself, number one, why you're stressed. And I'm sure most of you would be able to identify. You don't need me to tell you that you're stressed or why you're stressed. However, pause, and that's where you can have the opportunity to think about, okay, I can go right to my routine. It is going to give me that slight dopamine rush, but what is the the cause or what is the effect that I'm going to have or it's going to have on my body or my mind or my sleep tonight if I partake in that reward system? And so that's where you have the opportunity in between that cue and that routine to start shaping new habits for yourself. So that way, when you have that trigger, it's going to have less of an effect on you actually going to your normal routine. Now, don't get me wrong. This is going to take a lot of practice. This is something that takes a long time. And I'll get into in a little while just how long it actually takes to form a new habit. But focus on why you're getting triggered, not so much on the routine. Because a lot of times, people will look at the routine 
and they'll try to make it negative. Meaning, let's say it is a habit that you come home and you have two glasses of wine every single night and that happens on the nights, you notice they happen on the nights where you're the most stressed or you have the most stressors uh, sort of closing in on you and you, you automatically go to those two glasses of wine. So the issue here is that they'll say, okay, I'm gonna quit wine. I, I am not allowed to have any wine. Well, I would say that that is the wrong way to go about it because your routine or your habit should never become a negative, should never have a negative connotation to it. So it might be, and again, I'm, I'm a huge believer in anyone that I coach and, and you can talk to them, they would know that my coaching style is more about balance. It's about enjoying the things that you enjoy because it's something that helps you stay on track the majority of the time. And that, you know, 100% consistency is not the goal here. The goal here is, or 100% compliance is not the goal, but the goal is to be more consistent than not. And so how do we frame it into a positive? Well, that's where that pause comes in. Go for a 10 minute walk, maybe do some stretches or some yoga. Then ask yourself if you really want that glass of wine or not, or ask yourself if that hyper palatable, high calorie meal is actually going to make you feel better, which I don't know about you, a reward should feel better, which it might vary for a very short amount of time, basically when you're eating the food, only to have an upset stomach or feel really groggy the next morning. So there's a couple reasons why, beyond the one I just talked about in terms of making them negative, is that uh, habits fail for a few reasons. So the one thing is the negative. We, We focus on in the fact that it's a punishment when we take away that routine. The second one is we try to change way too much at the same time. And this happens a lot. When people want to make a drastic change in their life, they typically try to change anywhere between five to 10. I've even seen 15 different habits all at once. And it sort of goes back to the conversations I have with people when they tell me they have extreme weight loss goals is, well, okay, how long have you been at this weight that you are currently at that you don't want to be at anymore? And in most cases, it's a long time, 5, 10, 15 years. So then why is the expectation that we would be able to reverse basically 15 years of, of bad habits, call it what it is, or... 15 years of not really starting to work back towards health to expect that we're going to lose it in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, six months even. It's just not possible. So then by taking on so, so many of those habits at one time, how can you expect to tackle every single one of them to 100% compliance? And again, even the goal is not 100% compliance, but even if you tackled if you say you went to go tackle 15 of them and you accomplished five, which is a great thing, do you really think that your brain is going to think that you're a winner? Do you think your brain is going to be satisfied? No. Your brain is going to think negatively about it and then you're going to repeat your cycle or worse, you're going to go back to your old habits and say, well, this just isn't for me. The third thing that basically contributes to our failure to create better habits is we don't stick to it long enough to build into a habit. And that time frame, I've heard a million different reiterations of it, and I know you have too, that it's you know three days to break a habit, it's 21 days to create it. The truth of the matter is, is that it just depends. Because the longer you've had that habit in your system, 
and also when we talk about your ability to have a, a more positive mindset, a more positive outlook, your ability to prioritize certain items in your life, and that ability to pause, which is a skill that you have to learn, it's going to depend on the individual. And it's you might fall off the wagon a few times and, and come back on the wagon, but you will it will take the amount of time that it needs to. And a good sort of way to look at it is that if you go a long period of time and that habit is just not sticking, maybe we need need to reframe our habit that we're trying to change, or maybe we're not focusing on the trigger, we're focusing on the routine itself. But those would be the three ways that I see consistently where habit forming fails. And it fails in my own life as well in terms of starting a new business and and even in my own health and wellness journey. I've failed a million times. But there's three reasons that most habit forming fails is we focus on the negative and we make it more about what you can't have or it's a punishment. The second one, we try to change way too much at the same time. So again, start small. And then number three, we don't stick to it long enough to build into a habit. And again, that time frame is different for everybody. So if we know that's how we fail, how do we succeed? How do we work towards creating better habits? Well, number one, and I'd already talked about it, is identify your triggers. And when you identify your triggers, pause before you just react, right? I've talked about on this on this podcast in the last few episodes about me being more proactive than reactive. Well, if you get triggered and you automatically go to your habit, you are being a reactive person. So you got triggered, your reaction is that you're going to t- do that habit, drink two glasses of wine, you get the reward of feeling like, ah, I feel relaxed. So automatically your brain says, all right, each time you drink two glasses of wine, each time you get stressed, that is going to make you feel better. So identify the trigger, not the routine. Number two, change your environment. So find a space you feel comfortable and safe. Get routine foods, so the foods that you typically go to when you get triggered, out of sight or out of your kitchen. Find a space where you feel comfortable working out and find a workout that you actually enjoy. Just because it works for one individual does not necessarily mean it's going to work for you. And by the way, I'm not talking about the results that you get in that workout. I'm talking about how it makes you feel. A lot of times we focus, and I've talked about this before, we focus on the metric, the weight loss, the muscle mass gained, how I look in the mirror. There are other metrics. How about confidence? How about you love your your body? You feel good in your own skin. Those things can't be quantified. However, they make a huge difference in your ability to see results and to keep striving for your goals. Number three, educate yourself or hire a coach to help you find what healthy habits will make the most impact. So I talked about how your education or maybe the lack thereof or maybe too much information can greatly shape your habits or you get so overwhelmed that you make no change at all. But educating yourself or hiring a coach like myself to sort of work through those triggers with you, asking the appropriate questions to find out what that trigger is and why we continuously go back into the well. The well would be that routine that continuously is keeping us from getting to our goals. And the fourth one is focus on one to two habits at a time for a minimum of two weeks and track your progress. So I talked about before, you try to tackle 15 things, you get five done, 
you are not going to feel accomplished and less likely that you're actually going to keep going to try and accomplish those. Focus on one or two things because yes, that might be easy, but then again, you might find it's very difficult. But if you do achieve those two habits and you do them for two weeks, and again, maybe longer, but just start with two weeks because again, that time frame is different for everybody. But if you're able to do that for two weeks and you have not, you're not perfect, but that you more times than not are able to nail those habits, then you add on another two. Then you add on another two. And the goal here is that those one or two habits become a behavior. So a behavior, it's just who you are. It's what you do. So then you don't have to think about it anymore. A good example of this, I had a client I was talking with earlier this week, and she was telling me how uh, basically she doesn't drink pop. But what started that is that she did it as a challenge with a couple people at work to cut it out of her diet for a certain amount of time. And I don't clearly remember how much time it took. But then when she got off of it, it became a behavior. It was something she just did. She just didn't drink pop anymore. And she doesn't miss it. She doesn't you know, crave it anymore. So it's amazing what can happen when that habit turns into a behavior. Because then, if you don't have to think about it anymore, that's just what you do on a day-in, day-out basis. And that's how it becomes a more sustainable model versus something that you take away for a little while, again, negative, and then you bring it back into the fold, and sometimes it gets even worse. That's why, you know, shows like The Biggest Loser, they are not a good example of a sustainable model. Because they put people in an unrealistic situation, they totally change all of their habits that they've had in their lives over years and years and years, and over the course of 8 or 12 weeks, they completely flip it on its head. And they're not even living the lives that they normally live. They don't have work, they don't have you know, the stress of kids, the stress of you know, trying to provide for their families. And so what happens? They get done, they lost a ton of weight, which is good for them. But guess what? In most cases, when you follow up with those people, they end up gaining the weight back and they end up gaining even more because they didn't shape new habits that became behaviors. So if you take one thing from this or a million things from this, habits are how you see results. Reshape your habits, have them become behaviors, and you will be able to live an an optimal life. So that's all for today, guys. Hopefully you got some good information from this. Would love to hear your feedback. Love to hear what you want to hear about. So that way I can do the research or get the expert and get them on the podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening today. And until next time, be kind, be humble, and work your ass off. Thanks for listening to Train, Eat, Repeat. Connect with us on Instagram at fit underscore ferrant or at traineatrepeat.co. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy.